Hello guys, and welcome back to another installment of Galley Stories, Stories of the Bering Sea and Beyond. I am your host, Mark Kaler. And today we have Stan Hansen, yes, from the Clan Hansons, uh, currently the first mate on the FB Star Starfish. Starfish, that's correct. Starfish. Stan, how are you today? Great, Mark. How are you doing? Doing really well. So you've listened to a couple of these at this point, and yeah. you're ready to roll. Ready to so roll. So where were you born? I was born in, I was born in Seattle, and... Um, yeah, I was born in Seattle. My mom and dad came, they migrate, migrated from uh, Norway, uh, probably in the mid-60s or something like that. And my dad came over here to be a fisherman. He started off as a gill netter and then became a crab fisherman on a boat called the Ocean Spray. Um, my, mo my mother followed shortly after they got married and then he got took off to go fishing right away. That was Straight to Alaska? Straight to Alaska, right after uh, he got married. And which, uh, which location is he from in Norway? Um, a little island called Conway. Everybody's from there. Everybody's right? from Conway, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and everybody's like, you know, they make jokes about, you know, well, if they're all from the island, what, what does that mean? You know, <laughs> no, nobody's that way. <laughs> so, so he came straight over and went to Alaska. Straight over, yep, yep. And then as uh, he made his 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 money doing the king crab fishery back in the heydays, um, on the ocean spray, and uh, as I grew up. Um, I've been begging to go up fishing as a kid, and um, and I kept saying no, kept saying no until I was about 12 years old, and then uh, they had a cover. They, by that time, they had uh, changed the boat to a trawler, so now it was uh, it was JVing, joint venture fishing for mm -hmm. um, motherships uh, from like different countries. So we were fishing for like the Koreans and uh, the Russians and stuff at that time. That was in the late 80s, mid 80s, and uh, I but. I got my first in on a government charter, uh, which Trident does a lot of those too, I believe. I don't know if they're still doing them or not, but um, yeah, so I did a government charter my first, when I was 12 years old. And I was, you know, I'm going fishing, it was the summertime, so. Pulling Pollock? Uh, these little, little bags, you know, the, the government had these little nets that you towed, and if you ripped it up, you know, you can't fish that one anymore, you bundled it up and put on a new net, and. They'd have you go all over, you know, up by Bristol Bay, Togiak, and then we did, you know, over to Schumigans and stuff like that. Um, so that was my first experience out at sea. What does a 12-year-old do on deck of a boat? Not much. <laughs> I mean, I was pretty much, you know, the window washer, and, you know, I got, you know, I, they were teaching me at the time, they were teaching me how to, you know, do, uh, zip on the bags and teaching me how to mend web, and uh, I caught on to mending web really quick. Uh, my dad taught me on a piece of paper with drawing a bunch of diamonds and mm -hmm. a race. You'd race in like a rip in it, and then told me how to start with a three bar, and everything's a two bar in between, and end with a three bar again. So, That's a valuable asset even today, especially yeah. today. Yeah, and there's not that many younger guys that you know coming into the industry that know how to mend web. I'm sure they're out there, but uh, yeah, to catch on to it and learn it real quick. One of the first questions you hear, can you mend web? Right, right. <laughs> and as a crabber, you know, these lot of crab, crabber guys want to go back onto a dragger, and they're doing, well, I, I know a three bar and a two bar, and, and then we just start laughing, you know, yeah, we heard that one before, yeah. you know. So. Yeah. But, yeah, I started off dragging. You know, I started doing that every summer. Um, every summer I got better and better at it. And I was doing, actually, I was doing night toes for my father at the time when I was 16, and we were fishing for the Golden Alaska. Night toes. Night toes, yeah. I mean, you but, were running the boat at night. Yeah, exactly. And um, 
it was different because you didn't have the plotters back then. You just had a radar, you know, the, the, the old kind of radar you'd see like in the movies where you put your head in the little mask, you know, and, and uh, the plotter was just a blank, you know, there was no land on it, no depths or anything like that. So, yeah, when I, just, I was started doing the toes at nighttime, if somebody was getting close to me, I'd call them up and, hey, you got to move for me because I'm only 16, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> this thing is pointed in that direction and we right, are going. Yeah, I'm towing and, uh, yeah, you got to move for me. But, it, yeah, as I got older, I got better at it and stuff. And, you know, I took, uh, I went to the maritime classes and got my license. And, um, but, yeah, so I was doing that for probably till I want to say, 1991, my parents sold the boat. And, uh, and which boat was that? That was the Ocean Spray. The Ocean Spray. Okay. Yeah, my dad had a partner. He had actually two partners, uh, Dennis Peterson and Kenneth Peterson, and it was my dad. They were all third owners on that boat. And, Are they part of the the Peterson pl uh, clan still running around with Mike? And... Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. I, I, I fished with Mike. I don't. Uh, I think they're different Petersons. Gotcha. Yeah, but, um, yeah, so they're long since retired from it and um so they sold the boat the new owners bought it and something happened and now it's, it's sunk and it's at the bottom of the ocean as a snag mark for the trawlers stay away from that part <laughs> okay so then i had to go find a new job and that was uh i went i was looking for a crab job because my buddy stainer was telling me hey you gotta go crab fish and see what it, work is really about you know i was like oh it can't be any worse than what I'm doing now, I'm wrong. <laughs> I was totally <laughs> wrong about that. So, yeah, my first job was with uh, Sonova's father on the Silver Wave uh, doing a barrier dive. And uh, that was a big eye-opener. I mean, I, was, I remember we were about 18 hours into it, you know, on our feet, uh, sorting crab and shitty weather. And, and uh, I remember asking one of the guys, so uh, when do we get to sleep? And they just all laughed at me. They just laughed at me, and I was like, "Okay, right, I'm in hell now." now how, how old were you at this point then? Cause you... I was, uh, I was about 21, nearly 21. I was 21. Yeah, I was 21. You knew your way around a yeah. boat, just not quite a crab boat. Yeah. So, but you know, at the end of that season, I, you know, I figured out the routine, how it worked, and and uh, I remember talking to Snova's father. He's his name is Odvar. You know, I was just there for that one season. He goes, well, you're good to go on any crab boat now. So, you know, you got a little, you got your foot in the door. And, and Sig called me up and he asked me if I wanted to go with him. And I was like, sure, you know. I still wasn't quite the crabber yet, you know, because those guys ran me under the bus hard. I mean, they wanted to see me quit, you know, grind my titties to the deck. And uh, and I, was, uh, I wasn't going to give up. And I remember... Me and Edgar, he were, and everything became a race on deck. How fast you, can you open the door? How fast can you shut it? You know, and and uh, they, you know, it took me a while, but I ended up catching up with them. And next thing you know, it was a routine. We all had like a uh, a nice flow going on on deck. So that was great. Um, so I was there probably. I don't know. I think it was probably four four to five years with them before I left and went back to Dragon again. So I was going, you know, I went back to Dragon for a while. I went, then I went to Starlight. I was there for about five years, and then I, I switched again, and I went to the Scandies Rose, and I went back to crab fishing, which worked out really good because Pollock was on a downslope at that time, and so I just happened to be going where the money was. <laughs> but yeah, by that time I had the crabbing thing was all locked in, and I had it all figured out. And, uh, 
And that was before, when you were on the Northwestern, that was before all the cameras and everything else was Yeah, yes, that was so before was, the cameras. That was yeah. back in the... Yeah, so yeah, no, I didn't uh, I didn't go back to the... Well, actually, I did, I think, a couple little stints on the Northwestern before the deadliest catch. Um, you know, I'd, I'd be doing my, my, my trawling with, you know, summertime tra- uh, bee season. After that would end, and then king crab would get be ready to go. So I'd always look for a king crab job, and sometimes they would... Yeah, we got a spot for you. Come on board, you know. So, would you? Your primary focus at that time was it on on uh, dragon and Pollock, or Dra- was it? Well, yeah, dragon was. You and know, just grabbing a crab job to fill in. I was making pretty good money on the trolley. So, mm-hmm. I, and then when I went back, you know, and I'd go try to make extra money to go do king crab jobs. Right. You know, so because it worked out perfect because there was no trolling going on at at that time. So. All I'm hearing from you right now is you've been damn near born at sea, twelve years old. Twelve years old. Yeah and going and that's from your father yeah right we also we also with my father i think when i was about late 20s into my 30s um he bought a gill netter and when we did that with my i did i did gill netting with my father and my mother in the summertime for a while that was that was interesting too working you know it's like it was fun to work with them great memories but i don't think i could ever do that again your dad run a hard deck no, he likes to yell a lot, but he's, I mean, he was, he was very, uh, he was legit. I mean, he was very fair. I mean, we had a, you know, we were two, two of a kind, you know, we always like two bulls button heads, but, uh, yeah, no, we had a good time up there at Bristol Bay fishing with him. And my mom was out there too. So, I mean, it was kind of, kind of a fun, fun memory to look back upon and remember being out there with him. Cause my, I have an older brother, he tried fishing. And it wasn't for him. He just said, nope, I'm going to college. Mm-hmm. Which is another funny story because my dad gave us that, you know, you can go to college or you can go fishing. And I, I chose chose fishing. My brother chose college. Two years later, I'm like, so is that college thing still on the table? Oh, no, 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 no. Choice was made. Yeah, no, after he saw how much it cost my brother. Yeah. Yeah, so. But, yep, yeah, I was kind of accustomed to it. So it's, it's uh, you know, you see these new, new, new guys come up to go fishing and, and they're like, you know, this is this is what it's all about, you know. And you, you realize it's it's not all the the glory you see on TV, you know. It's because you know when they turn the TV off, their their day is still going, you know. Yeah. It's, so um, now I look at these young kids, and some of them you go, oh, that guy's gonna make it. That guy's gonna make. It. That guy's not gonna make. You it. You can almost tell. Like, yeah. Like fairly you can early. Judge a character pretty good. Yeah. And some of them are the big. The big strong guys—they don't always. No, always last, a lot of them no. are the, you know, the scrappy ones, you know. Well, and again, today though, there's not a lot of twelve-year-olds going up to the, up to the Bering Sea. No. with their dad. I no, mean, there's. I'm seeing a couple on a couple different boats. They're going with their father. But their family race. Right. Right. You know, it's. Uh-huh. it's well, certainly, we're not going to pull a twelve-year-old off the street and say, "Hey, right. can we take your kid up right. there?" Right. But that's part of keeping the keeping this tradition in our industry alive. Right. You know, um, you listen to Casey's, I believe, and. And he's taking Charlie up there. Yeah. You know, and Charlie, I think, oh, is like yeah. seven or eight years old. Oh, and yeah. he's already done two seasons in yeah. Bristol Bay. I mean, yeah, he's got a, they got a great family, Casey and his dad and his kids. Yeah, no, they're, they're, they're great guys. So, yeah, no, my, uh, my brother called me up one time and he's, you know, he said his boss, his son was, I guess he was, he needed to do, find out what real work was about. So he called me up and he said, he goes, yeah, can you get him a job? I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. I go, because... If, he's, if his heart's not in it, it's, not, it's, it's a waste of time. Right. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's you know, it's been over 30 years I've been doing it now. So. Well, you're still doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I know, the crabbing, 
yeah, I don't, I don't really miss it too much now as my body's getting older, climbing crab pots and stuff. I, every once in a while, I, I, I tool with the idea of maybe I'll do a king crab season again. But, you know, kind of the dragons, it's, you know, we got pollock. We got the two pollock seasons, and we do codfish. And codfish is turning into a derby now. It's like well, one it's of a, the last derbies there is. Well, yeah, because it's, it's all done with pots too, right? So you're running around out there just like a, just like a crab pot. Well, yes, they do it with pots. But they also, but the, I'm, we're doing it with nets on the oh, on the Okay, fish. all right. Yeah, you're you're, uh, you're just switching yeah, the gear over going a, to you know, going just, to cod ends and. Right. So we just had a big. Uh, they had an April first opener, which was only open for I believe it was like forty eight hours, two days, and uh, that boat packs. You know, Pollock it packs like six hundred forty five thousand pounds or something like that. So cod's a little bit less because they're bigger fish. Um, we had an April first open. We've never filled that boat up with cod, and that. April 1st. We filled it up in 36 hours. That was a lot of bleeding. And you got to bleed. You got to bleed those gotta things. You got to bleed them all. Yeah. How many those, guys you got on deck bleeding those? Three. Oh, man. Three. Yeah. There's some know. sore hands there. Yeah. Actually, actually all we got to do is poke them. Yeah. You're still holding that knife. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You right. It's just, and you look back at the bag or you look, you know, on the trawl and it's like, oh, well, we're going to be out here until it's over. And that's what it was like. Yeah. But it was cool, though, because. We filled the boat up, man. Right. It was like a, cod was a great price this last yeah, year. If, yeah, I think we got like uh, Unice. I think you know because they did it in tiers. You know, if you caught so much, you bounced up to another couple cents, and we ended up with I think forty-four cents. Sounds like an Uber driver bonus. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> get out there and get the fish. The right. more you get, the more you pay. Yeah, you exactly. Know. So yeah, no, codfish is fun. It's a, you know, it's and I remember you know fishing with some other guys that you know. With the nets, you know, they some of them are perfectionists. I and mean, when you're cod fishing, it's you just lace that thing together real quick and get it back out there. Fix it right at the end of the season or between trips or something like that. Band-aids, band-aids, band-aids. Band-aids, band-aids yeah. until, you know, you got the time to really fix it right. You know, what, what you usually do is that summertime, you know, there's no cod fishing, so we lay our cod nets out on the beach, and then we, we fine-tune them on the beach up there in Dutch. And then by come cod season, they're ready to rock and roll again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then rinse and repeat band-aid 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 right completely right. fix it at the end of the season exactly you know, we had uh, you know it was uh, this last season you know the beginning of the season it was uh, pretty nasty weather winter time and uh i think it was the first her first trip out there one of the boats lost two guys over the side of the boat we actually had four guys go in the water the same day this year right Right. Uh, I'm not going to mention the names of the boats, boat. but yeah, two from one boat, and, uh, and uh, there was another guy on it. I think it was one of the trailer boats. I'm not sure, but we took an injury. But, yeah, uh, we're not overboard. But nobody we, died. Nobody died, nobody which died. is uh, which is speaks volumes yeah. of our safety records. Um, right. Our training, really. Exactly. Because those guys on deck reacting to it and and communicating that yep. to the captain allows things to happen fast. Exactly. Right? One of the things we were trying to get, and they didn't have them in Dutch Harbor, was uh, they have these new. Um, you know how the boats have the AIS, you know, uh, to uh, see where all the boats are. The personal, the, the personal EPIRBs. Exactly. So yeah. we've been trying to get those, and uh, we're we got them on order. And I've been I've been going over to the survival, you know, where they get your rafts. You know, they're done. they're pricey, but they're worth it. Yeah, exactly. You know, when, and when I, mean, I say pricey, we're talking maybe four hundred fifty bucks. Actually, the, the ones I was looking at, they were actually. 180 or something like that and okay they, and they connect to the ais and uh, so the so the captain can see where you're at in the water. location exactly yep yeah. yep and uh i and don't know if these guys had them but they got them back and they were you know the, the way the industry is going now though it, it's going to become a requirement it's going to become it one of those be. things where it absolutely i mean if be. the tool is there to save a life 
uh-huh. um, we should be utilizing it. Right. You know. Um, yeah, you can't really put a price tag on that. Well, you can't. No. And uh, not only that, but I don't know if you remember uh, a few years back here in January, we lost Eric Etter on the Seeker. Okay. Yeah. No. And uh, and they circled around and saw him, and they almost had him. And then, yeah. then when they came back around the second time, his his boots were too full of water. I mean, just yeah. so things happen. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I know. I know. Like on our boat, on the Starfish, we're pretty adamant about. We're really adamant about wearing our vests. Mm-hmm. And we're supposed to wear our hard hats too, you know. But sometimes, you know, you, oh, you get and then the captain comes, get your hard hat on, you know. Right. <laughs> but right. my head's so big, you know. <laughs> First time you take a knock from falling ice yeah. though, or a swinging pot. And that's or, happened to me before. I had or, to, or a zipper pops just at the wrong time and right. or the, you know. No, I had uh, years years ago in the starfish. I was I was running around the net reel, and we got the picking boom, you know, the old picking boom for crab fishing, was covered. And I don't know how much ice, but it was that thing fell and hit me on the back of the head. It it knocked me out. I was out for a few, you know, about a minute or two. And uh, yeah, no, the hard hats are you should have them on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot like the PFDs. Yeah, you know? I mean those. So um, thirty years up there, thirty-two years up uh, there. Uh, I know there's been many instances when you've been scared, but can you think of the one? that just really had you that uh there's you know there's a few um one of the ones i just remember off the top of my head was we were headed out fishing on the northwestern and and we had a whole haystack of crab pots on and and uh the 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 seas the seas were coming from quarter stern which is kind of a scary it's a real scary ride because your boat will launch up and then it'll want to roll over kind of you know and me and edgar were up on watch Edgar was in the driver's seat. I was over, you know, just sitting there keeping him company. And one time the boat, she laid over, and she was she was staying there. And we were just going, come back, come back, come back, come back. And uh, a couple of the guys came running up, and and uh, slowly she started coming back again. But I that I always hated that ride with those crab pots. Well, they're they're holding you over. Yeah, and... exactly. And it's just it's, yeah, that's, that that would be the worst for me. That would be. The ultimate fear is capsizing. You know, uh, we've had a couple guys explain their capsizing events, and it came just that way. Yeah. Um, when they listed so much, and then, and then, unfortunately for them, they always say there's never one thing. Yeah. But the second thing was the another wave hitting them. Right. Just at the right angle, the right time, the boat's not coming back, right. and that second one just. Oh, it's yeah, and it's scary, and it's like you know. And I remember, it's like, what's the proper thing to do? Pull it out of gear, you know? It's, and, and a lot of times, you know, if you pull it out of gear, it it should come right back up. And other people will beg to differ. They'll say something else, like turn. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it's a scary moment, you know? It's happened to, it's been, it happened a few times. And that's, uh, I like schooners for that reason. Like Scandy's Rose and the Billikin, man, those were, there were like tanks out there on the water. I mean, they... On, they, to me, they're they're great they, sea boats. They still are tanks. Yeah, they're, they're still out there running around. Yeah, mm. no, it's a they're a great boat, um, hands down. Scandy's Rose, I loved working on there with uh, Leif Norbo. Um, I think he changed his last name, I think. But um, and that the Billiken, Billiken was great. I worked on there with Jim Hilt and uh, Jeff Weeks and um, Casey and uh, Harold. 
God bless Big, Harold. Big Harold. Big Harold. Oh yeah. God, yeah. I miss that guy, man. Yeah, Harold was fun to work with. He had a system, you know. Jim was go go go. I mean, he was, you know, you get out on deck and you're going going going. And then Jim had, you know, he had a system. He got through the same amount of gear. It's, just, it's funny because he goes like one guy has one system, and he goes, and you, you feel like you're working your butt off just to keep up with him. And the other person has, you know, okay, we start here when, but you get through the same amount of crowd boxes. It was always weird. It's different. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Big Harold was like one of those, like your father. Yeah. One of those true, just pure Norwegians exactly. that came over and didn't know the word quit and didn't know how yeah. to stop and and. Uh, yeah, no, it was. I was. Yeah, I was wondering how it was going to be to work for him, and it was. It was all right. I liked him. You know? Yeah, yeah. And Jim was great too. I liked working with Jim. You know, he was. He gets. He get excited sometimes, but you know, that was. That's part of the game. You know, we all get excited. You yeah. Know? So, but yeah, that was fun. Yeah, uh, you know, we took the bill. You know, got on the bill again. They took that. They just brought it out from being mothballed, and uh, and I got the job on there for King Crab. And that's when I called up. I called up Jim, uh, Jim McManus, and I was on Starfish, and I said, I go, hey, Jim, you got a king crab job for me? He goes, oh, yeah, I got a job for you. What boat? I don't know yet. We'll find one for you, you know, and call me back a week or two later, and you're going on the Billiken with Casey. Right on. You know, let's so, go. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, so, yeah, no, it was great, too, because then it was, you know, it that boat had needed a lot of work to get back into the thing, and we got a bunch of. I think we were. I was in shipyard at that point. Right, we were always coming up to you and getting you know order numbers for new parts and new winches. That was this. a busy time. Yeah, and then there was always somebody going, "You guys are spending too much money on that boat." <laughs> that boat's an exception to the rule, though. right? It's I the mean, flagship, it's, uh, right? It's the flagship. So yeah, it's kind of like you go into Costco and you see that boat right there on all the Trident products there. Yeah, it's a. It's definitely the the flagship and and the one that. So in my eyes, it gets taken care of. You know, one of the yeah. Not that we skimp on any other boat, but she's it, a Cadillac. She's, she yeah. she's the Cadillac out yeah. there. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Still viewed that way. Um, not that it's any part of this podcast, but we just put her colors back to the original. Oh, nice. She's just like she came out of dry dock the day she was built, and she looks. Chuck's gotta like that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. The old block letters and just everything. Uh-huh. So, um, what about some good times you've had up there, Stan? Well, we've had a lot of good times, you know. It's uh, my favorite is though, in the summertime when we're pollock fishing and we got a couple days to kill in town. This is not out on the fishing grounds. I usually go get a fishing pole and a fishing license, and I head out to the beach and go fishing. But uh, I think a lot of my good times were crab fishing because there's just a lot going on on deck, you know. There's a lot of excitement, and uh, I remember one time on a northwestern, I. I was fishing with a buddy of mine, Mark and uh, Tracy and and Tracy uh, Larimer. No, no. Oh, uh, Tracy Lady. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know him. No, no. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Mark. Mark. He's he works for a fire department now, but um, yeah. One guy's talking about one girl and uh, that they dated back in high school, and all of a sudden the other guy was going, "Hey, I dated her too." And then I'll. Oh shit! I did too. You know, it was like it was like everybody was sort of joking about it. You know, because it's like oh, it's a small world. You know, but yeah, no, it's uh, I think I enjoy most of the time fishing. You know, just the camaraderie of the guys and stuff. But um, there's been funny incidents. You know, I remember one time I was on a northwestern with uh, uh, Brad Parker. I don't know if you know him. And, you know, we're just joking around. He had some pot ties tied together, and he's jumping rope. And every time he jumped rope, he went back a little bit, back a little bit. And next thing you know, he went right into the tank 
all the way up to his armpit. So he went down into the tank, but he came up faster than he went down. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's uh, there's yeah, I get a lot of fun times doing it. You know? yeah, we, there's got to be or else you wouldn't keep going back. Right. I mean, the money's great, right? But yeah, there's got to be something else. And then you got your seasons too that drag on way too long. And then you're just like, you just want to go home. You just want right. to be with your family, you know. And this last season was a long, it seemed like it was a longer season than normal for some reason. But, you know, after you're home for a while, you're ready to go back and do it again, you know. Right. So you start selling in, you get that itch. Yep, exactly, you know. And, and the money, you know, it's like, okay, it's time to go make some more money, you know. Right. So, you know, because I came home this time, I had to have a fence built or remodeling a bathroom, you know. It's like all of a sudden, cha-ching, cha-ching, you're spending money again, you know. Yep, so, yep. So I'm not going to let you get away without being raised, your, your generation's mm-hmm. family of fishing. Growing up, you, your, your dad's kind of a legend around here, right? Carl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's... So I, I, I need to hear, I need to, we, we need to hear <laughs> one of those stories you grew up with about your dad. About my dad. Oh, man. He's, there's a bunch, but I don't want to. I remember he's, he's superstitious. And, uh, a lot of fishermen are. Yeah, and there's a lot of things you can say and don't say and do and don't do that, you know, cross the line on superstition. And one of them, to my dad, I don't know why it is, but you're not supposed to say horse on a boat. And I, yeah, that's what I thought, too. And the funny part was on, on that boat, in the galley, there is a painting with a horse and carriage, you know. So we were in the middle of towing a net, and he was hauling back, and... And I was like, so I asked him, I go, well, why do you got a picture of a horse in the galley? And then he got all bent out of shape and started, you know, yelling at me for saying that on the boat and forgot about what he was doing and sucked the doors right up into the block. And he was like, God damn it, now look what you made me do. (laughs) (laughs) This is all because you said that. There are, let's talk about superstitions for a minute. Uh, Bananas. Yes, no bananas on a boat. I'll, but you know what? I have bananas on the boat. But a lot of boats don't. Yeah, I mean, right. literally, you see a guy come in from break. He's been working in the right. shipyard, and he brings a banana on the boat. Yeah. And the captain's eyes immediately light up and go, get that off my boat. Exactly. Suitcases, so, too, is a no-no. Um, so, so what's the saying behind that one? Uh, you're not packing for a trip. Right. You're going to work. Yeah, exactly. You know? that, they, I read that uh, a priest on a boat is uh, represents death because they do, you know, they do funerals and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, another funny one I heard was if you're walking down the dock and you you come across somebody with red hair, avoid them at all cost. But if you know the person, you have to talk to him first before he talks to you. <laughs> I, you know, it's just these weird things. You know, if you pick up uh, that, have you ever read the Ocean Almanac book? It's a big book. They sell like I think at some of these sea stores down in Ballard and stuff. And they have all these great stories, that, you know, sea stories on it. It's, just, it's, a, it's a pretty big book. And they have a whole list of all the superstitions, that the do's and the don'ts. Don't wave goodbye. Don't leave on a Friday. Yeah, don't look Don't look back. Don't leave on a Friday is a big one. Right. Still. Right. I mean, we'll yeah. be in shipyard and we're pushed to get out on a certain exactly. day. But that day falls on a Friday I, I and they're believe, like. I believe in that one. They're like, wait a minute, we're leaving at 12.01. Right. Exactly. Like, because, Saturday yeah, it's just for some weird reason. Shit goes bad if you do. The, the last boat that we had leave, that I recall, that we had leave on a Friday, mm-hmm. um, the first mate's mother had a heart attack before they got to catch candy. Yeah. And uh, not, I mean, not to feed into the superstition, but it's, there's, there's some, stories that create it, right? I well, mean, I, you know, I read, like, in England, they were making one of their vessels, like, I don't think it was one of their battleships or something, or, or a cruise ship. I can't remember what it was, but it was. I, wrote, I read about it in the Ocean Almanac 
they laid the keel on a Friday. They built the boat. You know, was, everything was done on Fridays. They launched it on a Friday. They christened it on a Friday. The boat left town. Never heard from again. You know, so it's there's something to be said about it. You know, Fridays. Hey, you know what? It can't hurt. Stay stay in town until twelve oh one. You know. So you've seen our industry change a lot in the last thirty two right. years. It's gotten what? way better, um, safety wise, uh, technology. I mean. I remember before you can, you know, now you can make a phone call from the boat because you got the satellite, uh, internet, and phone. Before it was, you had to call on a single sideband. You had to call KMI, Oakland, California, get connected with an operator so you can make a phone call. And then that costed, you know, an arm and a leg just to make a phone call. And then, you know, it's, it's you know, you take turns talking like that, you know, because you're speaking into a mic. So. Like a walkie-talkie. Yeah, like, so your other half has to over. realize. Yeah, <laughs> your other half, has, you know, they're talking on the phone. They don't, you know, oh, oh, we're taking turns talking, you know, because you can't talk on top of each other, right? right? Yeah. So that that was a big change. Having internet out there, that's a, you know, that's a big one, too. Well, even to say you have internet, though, there's there's folks that are listening going, oh, well, they have high-speed internet. They no. don't have high-speed internet. No, it's more like dial-up if you get it. It's it's still uh, it's still like a five minute Facebook yeah, page no, load. This is an so, ongoing battle with my wife and I. You know, it's like I'll get, you know get a hold of her like like on the phone, and then you, the phone the call drops after about three seconds. Call again, maybe you get ten seconds. You know, internet too. It's like you're you, hanging up on me. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 the internet's kind of pointless. You know, unless you're really trying to do something that you need done. What does work up there seems to work really good is the WhatsApp. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. The WhatsApp works pretty good, so everybody has too, that. too good for me. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of those. It's nice too because before you know, there's you know everybody's trying to be secret out there fishing. You don't want any any boats coming in on you. You know, which you know, hey, I found a honey hole of fish here. I just want to tell my buddy. You just send him a text on the WhatsApp. Before you know, it's like you had to have a secret radio channel, you know, or or a uh, a chart that you created yourselves. Yeah, you know, it's the whole yeah. You had to the have dolphins are running by the sea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on my way. <laughs> go, go go get that one sorted out. Yeah. No, I was oh God, I was, this is a little bit off the subject. I was going to tell you a story about uh, one. Have, we got a whale caught in our crab line. Let's hear it. Yeah. So this was interesting because I've never seen this happen before, and I'm and. I've talked talk to other people about it, and very seldom it happens, but we were coming up on uh, one of our, we were cod fishing with pots on the Billiken, and, and all of a sudden we were coming up on this, one of our pots, and uh, the captain was like, is, is that, is that a, is that a whale caught in our line? And then, yeah, it's a whale, it's a whale, you know, so we got a whale that's caught in our crab line, and, you know, their trailer line's hanging off of it has to be a dead one. It was no, it was, it, alive. Was alive. it was alive. It was just wrapped in the line, and it was caught on its dorsal fin. And uh, and I got, you know, I was at the hook. I threw through for the bag, and I got the trailer bag pinned over the rail. And uh, I was waiting for it to slack off so I can get it up into the block. But right at that moment, that whale kicked. And I flew from one side of the boat to the other side. You know, I was like, ooh, Jesus, that thing's strong. Yeah. And I ran back over to the rail, through the hook again. But now I got it in the block. And, and the captain was like, he goes, are we going to be, be able to get our pot? Nope. He goes, <laughs> fine, cut the line, save the damn whale, lose the pot. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we got, you know, so we got, you know, we got to the diver, cut the line. I don't think I've ever heard of anybody catching. Oh, it was crazy, and uh, that that whale was—I mean, it was—you know—you could hear it, you know, when we were trying to get it up to the, you know, the line, the diver bag up to the block, 
that it was wheezing through you know it was it has been struggling there for a while and uh, once it got free man that thing jumped around for a while it was happy you yeah. can tell he was happy yeah i, I don't know what of, kind I, of whale it was but it was you know it was i've a heard of guys pulling up uh, parts dead whales of whales yeah, yeah that's like, pretty uh, nasty yeah, yeah. that and they described the smell yeah. and the, oh lord we've, you know. we've, i remember being on a boat and we found uh, a dead walrus float, floating one time and uh this was years ago so i don't know what the rules and regs are on that but you, you know, they had a couple nice tusks on it. It's dead already, so we pulled it up on board and took the tusks. But that was years ago, and but a few hours later, we he found means one. many, many years, many ago. years ago. Yeah, <laughs> and then we, about a few hours later, we found another one. So we, we got one with one tusk and one with two tusks. Maybe they were fighting. <laughs> no, I think they got caught under the ice flows. Oh, you know, it's, you know, back, you know, it's funny. It was back then. It was like it seemed like the winters were colder. You know, that lasted longer. Except for there was one on the Billiken where the ice flows came down almost to Unimac Pass. It was the first time we got to fly home and stay home for a month during uh, February. And I had never been home since February. God, since I was, you know, out of high school, you know. But, um, yeah, no, they get caught. The, the walrus, well, you know, they, they get caught under an ice flow. They can't find their way out. And they end up dying. Yeah, yeah. they drown. Same with some whales, too, you know. Oh yeah. yeah, I've yeah. seen a couple of dead whales floating this this summer. I know this this last winter, I came across one. It looked like a minky, and then a few hours later, we saw another one floating further up the line. And I was like, hey. And then somebody's like, oh, maybe it got caught in an ice flow. And I'm like, well, well, God, how far did the ice flows come down? Because I I don't think they came down that far this winter. But winter before though, they yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's crazy. Yeah, you see some of these. You know, it's like, but. Summer times, when you come in pulling into Dutch, you see the whales are jumping everywhere. There's pods and pods of them. Well, you've got one of the best offices you can have on the planet out yeah. there. You know? Yeah, um, you got the best scenery. Yeah. In, in Alaska, I mean, I started going in 92, and even to today, I've never seen such pure sunsets. Right. And right. sunrises. Yeah. There's just colors that you just can't. Yeah, you can't describe. You know, I mean, you, you, your picture doesn't even do it justice. Well, it's kind of weird because I'll take a picture with my iPhone standing on the on the back right. of the gale, uh-huh. and, it, and the picture looks so good, but it's not exactly what I'm seeing. Exactly. You know? But it seems like there, it's like an unfiltered view for right. your eyes. You know, it's just. We had. Uh, I remember one time I was I was uh, on watch on the Billiken, and we were coming up to we we're coming from from Sandpoint, going up towards Cordova, and we we're just coming into the. Ch- uh, I forget what that place is called there, but we're coming through the channel there to come, you know, or it comes into Cordova. And was, the sun was just coming up, and wouldn't you know it, I had an Arca whale breach right in front of me. And I was the only one there to see it, and nobody believed me. <laughs> we were coming back on the Lafayette one time, it was a boat for Northwest Seafoods, this is uh-huh. back in the 90s. We were coming across the Gulf of Alaska. The Lafayette had a pretty low deck, so you, you were only like maybe three feet off the water, uh-huh. uh, deck, deck side. And uh, there was about five orcas just breaching right next to the boat. Isn't that crazy? And, well, we mentioned to the captain, they were literally just right alongside of the boat. Well, they don't change course. So if you get up on them, they, they're going to keep going the exact wow. way they're going. And we must have been next to them for 30 minutes, yeah. which was an incredible. I saw, I saw Casey had some uh, film. He filmed an orca right off. I think it was, I think when he was on the Patriot or something like that, one of those boats. And he said there was an orchestra right there. Same thing, right next to the right boat for the longest time. Yeah. Very cool. They're, yeah. You, you think you know how big they are. <laughs> right, right. And then you right see up them up the front. Moment. Yeah. You right see up, up to the close. moment you see them. Have you ever yeah. done one of them whale watching things out in the Puget? 
Nope. Nope. I tried it. My wife wanted to do it. I was like, oh, okay, let's go look at the whales. You know, he actually, knows before. But yeah, <laughs> but, but when you go out there and you sit with them, it's actually kind of cool, you know. But yeah, no, it's there's something else. It's the, the wildlife up there is pretty incredible. Uh, Bristol Bay, I've seen bears. Um, I had my, my close call with one in Bristol Bay. Uh, We've seen a bear coming down the beach, and uh, me and uh, Sonova's brother, it was a, I mean, we, we went to the end of the Peter Pan, do- uh, it wasn't at the dock, it was uh, towards land. They had a gravel pit there. We're standing on a gravel pit, trying to see where this bear is going to come out, and all of a sudden he says, oh shit, and starts running. And I'm right there by myself going, oh God, I don't even know where he is, you know. <laughs> Right at that time, I see him, and he's like, you know, probably about 40 feet away from me. And the night watchman comes by on his ATV, spooked it, and went right up the hill, tore down all the brush. It was like it was nothing. It just went tearing up the right hill like nothing. It. Yeah. Oh, and crazy. you're still standing there going, I was still going the? oh, shit. <laughs> I, was, I, came back to, I came back to the boat later on. I, I gave him a piece of my mind. <laughs> Thanks for ditching me. Yeah, right. Well, exactly. you, you hear that the bear would chase the guy running, right? I hope so. <laughs> so, Stan, what is what is fishing given you that you probably wouldn't have today without it? You know, I think it's taught me patience. Um, and knowing that when someone's complaining about hard work, that you don't complain about it because it's sort of... I've seen some really hard days fishing out there and, and where you're so miserable. You're like, why am I here? So I think uh, knowing knowing that, I always know there's an end to it. You, if you know where the end game is, you're going to be fine. And, uh, yeah, the patience and uh, wet, weathering storms and stuff, you know, it's, yeah. Weathered a few? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, sometimes you just wish you could just lay a blanket over the ocean just to calm it down, but you know, it just seems like it's just sometimes these storms are never ending, you know. It's just especially if you're we had one season on a starfish or in the trough. It seemed like every trip out there in the trough and being in the trough that's when the the, the waves are hitting you on the side and they're the big ones and, and I try to explain it to my wife. I go I, just, I go just imagine a big house coming at you and you're getting hit by a house and going up over the house and she's like Really? I'm like, yeah, that's what it feels like, you know. Yeah, we, you know, when you hear 20, when you hear like, when you hear, you know, 20 foot wave, that's actually really big, you know, and and, uh, and it doesn't sound big, but when you got 20 feet of water coming at you, that's that's a that's a big size. Water's wave. relentless. Yeah, you know? you know, so like sometimes you're in town, like, oh yeah, I got 20 foot seas coming from the west. You don't want to, you you know, if if you don't have to go fishing that bad, wait it out, you know, yeah. and go to yeah. the next day. What what advice would you have for for guys coming in? Um, listen to the guys have been doing it for a long time. You know, you get sometimes you get the young guys that think they know everything, and and sometimes the older guys are you know the older guys are there and they got one pace you know because is there's you, as you get older your body's getting older and you you know I don't I'm not I'm not saying I'm slowing down by any means but <laughs> but you know they you know the the people have been around listen to them they they know what's going on you know. I've had, uh, I remember, you know, I had one guy freaking out because we were in a bad storm, and I was like, I just, I just like, pat him on the back. I go, I go, if you see me get freaking out, then it's time to freak out. I go, if, if you see me happy with a smile on my face, you're in good hands. I've, uh, I've actually heard that from, uh, from a, a couple other guys that said they just looked around at the guys on the, on the deck, and uh-huh. if they weren't scared, I wasn't scared. Yeah. But if they showed fear, 
Right. It's, I was it's running for my survival suit. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I had, we had one time on the Northwest and we, uh, we were fishing pretty shitty weather and, um, and also we took a big green one over the bow, but we were all on deck, you know, we're doing our thing, hauling pots and, and, you know, and all of a sudden this, the boat kind of like, it was like, kind of like frozen motion, you know, and we all kind of looked at each other like, oh, this is a bad one. And we all scurried over to the, you know, the, the entryway of the house because we knew we were going to... deck there to... Yeah, we knew that we were going to hit a big one. And all of a sudden, boom, that thing hit the wheelhouse, went over the top of the wheelhouse. And and uh, I remember Sig coming out going, oh, Jesus Christ, he's looking around, he's freaking out. <laughs> no, nobody, nobody can't see anybody. He, doesn't, he's, he's he thought he wiped see. out the whole crew, you know. And, and there's still water pouring off the, uh, the wheelhouse, you know. And he's standing there being Getting rained soaked. on from the seawater. He's worried I, about his crew. Yeah, right? and I, I poke mean, my head around the poop deck, and I go, you all right? And he's, he's, <laughs> he's like, where is everybody? I go, we're all here. And he goes, oh, thank God. <laughs> he was in panic mode. He thought he lost everybody, and I didn't know what he was going to do. It can happen just that fast. Yeah, right, yeah. And, and it has, because all the guys you hear about us losing, yeah. we've lost in the past, it happened that fast. Exactly. Because nobody plans to go overboard. Yeah. Nobody plans to... You heard about the the progress this this last season. Yeah, she did a good job. Yeah, though. that was pretty amazing, uh, Tiffany. Yep. Yeah, no, it's uh, and I went and looked at that boat after. I mean, they took out I think I don't know how many seven windows, windows something it? like that. Well, yeah. it, it bent the, the 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 brow and yeah, yeah, yeah like your so, baseball cap right up, right, you know. Yeah, so take your for you guys listening to, to bend the brow, take your baseball cap and just push it up. Yep. And now imagine that's thick steel. But steel. But yeah. Steel. But she did a good job. I oh mean, yeah, she. Uh, they came out, you know. I think they they got back to town. They got everybody was okay. But yeah, man, that they, they looked like they went through hell. They must have got some road wave hit them just right or something. But yeah. I still haven't got the story from Tiff. I'd like to hear about it someday. Well, but, I want to get her on here someday. Yeah. Have her tell the story, you know. But, yeah. Well, we're about out of time here, Stan. Well, but thank you, Mark. Appreciate it. This has been, this has been awesome. Yeah. Um. It's good to capture these stories before they're gone. Um, I guess our, we'll end with uh, to buy wild Alaska seafood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, and that's the, where the paychecks come from. Fish for both is good of us, for you. You know, um, and if you can't buy wild Alaska seafood, make sure it's wild. You're right. But uh, um, yeah, none of that farm stuff. No, no, we've seen what that does. We've seen what that does. Right on. So, guys, this has been another installment of Galley Stories, Stories of the Bering Sea and Beyond. I am your host, Mark Haler, and we will see you next time. Well, that was cool. It was. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>